Episode 11, Off the Fly. It's Ernie C., the Gap Tooth Genius. And Rob's here. We've got a special guest today. Our special guest is Trevor Horn. He's our sports writer for um, high school prep sports at Batesville, California. Um, he's the host of uh, B Varsity Live. B-Varsity Big Live, B Varsity Nightly. Yeah. Welcome, Trevor. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. We appreciate you having you. Real fast, we want to give a big shout-out to our guest last week. Um, it's a little wild, but we got knocked out. Big shout-out to Fred Starsky, Starsky Films. Off the clock, be on the lookout for that. Rob, did you want to start that off? Uh, yeah, big shout-out, big thank you to them. Andre, uh, Stars, the, Scar, the Starsky, sorry about that. Calais. And, and Calais. <laughs> uh, appreciate you guys having on. And now we have Trev Horn here. We're going to dive in to see... You know what's behind the scenes of everything that goes on in his daily activity, and get his insight. Is there a on nap sports? involved? Because I like those. Oh, oh man. man! Welcome to the Horn Hive. I love it. <laughs> Welcome to the Horn Who Hive. Who started that? Was it Dom? I'm sure it was Dom. I'm sure he Dom my, with a nickname, so yeah. it might be Dom. It might have been my Dom. my wife <laughs> loves it. <I've, laughs> she she eats it up, man. She'll see that. You know, and she knows. So we frequent Chili's quite a bit. Just because it's an easy place to just sit, get a couple margaritas on happy hour, eat a decent meal, sit at the bar. They got enough TVs, and it's always usually pretty chill. And Ruben popped off on me one time on Twitter, <laughs> and and he knows it. And if he's listening, shout out Ruben Nasty. Ruben yeah, Nasty, be out here. Ruben knows <laughs> the situation. You know, at one point he's like, "Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't even go to the games that matter." And I finally found up to him, and I was like. Why? Why do you need to do this? You know where I am. You ref the games and I'm at. Don't act like that. And I think at that point he was still kind of repping his Delano roots. And so we got over it really quickly, you know. And it, Then it got to be fun because we would go in, talk to Morgan, the bartender, and then Ruben would come over. And we'd have a good talk. And my wife really got to know Ruben pretty well. And it was, you know, it's that's what I like about this town is that nobody's ever too far away from you that you can't just go and have a conversation with right. them. And I think that everybody's really easy to get along to. And if you have an argument, it's easy to squash it really quickly. Oh, yeah, easy, yeah, definitely. Big, before we start, big shout-out to Rue and AJ, uh, their new uh, varsity coach there at North. Big accomplishment. We love that. Trevor, real fast, man. We wanted to just get a glimpse, so get an intro. What exactly do you do for the Big California? How what's, what's everything? Uh, what's your job description? What's what am I? So I'm the lead prep reporter, which means I, I'm the one that oversees all of the high school sports coverage from, you know, football and volleyball and cross country and girls golf uh, in the fall to basketball, wrestling and soccer in the winter to all the spring sports, whether it be like we're putting out our all area this week, you know, it was boys tennis, boys golf, boys and girls swimming, uh, boys and girls track and field, baseball, softball. So I oversee all of that. Make sure that we cover it all. Make sure we get to the big games, big meets, whatever it is. And I, I don't know. I do a lot. I mean, <laughs> I'm just thinking about it like right now. So we're, you know, getting to the end of June right now. And we're finishing up on all, you know, our spring sports all areas coming out. And then 4th of July is next week. And that's about the time that I kind of get away and take a little vacation. And then, you know, I'll come back middle of July and we'll start hammering away trying to figure out the ins and outs of what we're going to do for our football tab, which is something that the Californians done, you know, for the last seven years. Mm-hmm. We put out this anywhere from 32 to 64-page tab um, where we 
preview every every team. All the county teams that are in the four leagues in town get a full page preview. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about the coaches. Talk about you know the top playmakers, the big storylines. Get photos in there. Um, you know we'll do. I don't want to you know break the stories that we're doing, but I think we have a really good uh, feature story this year. You know in the past we've done stuff like you know Griffith Field being changed up last year mm-hmm. and getting a full renovation. Went into the history of that field. Um, you know historically that is the one of the. It's one of the oldest football stadiums yeah. in the world, and I, I mean, in the state, I should say. Sorry. Um, so for it to get that facelift that it badly needed, you know, that was a good storyline. Um, before that, it was Brian Nixon. You know, you think about that guy. You know, he he didn't like the way that I said this. He's a Liberty football coach, and even when he was at Centennial, I mean, this guy started at Fraser Mountain. He was a Shafter guy, but he'd been in four Division One section title games and never won it. So I called him the Marv Levy. He didn't like it. He didn't like it. He didn't like it. And then then when they beat Clovis two years ago, three years ago, and he got that monkey off his back, he goes, "I'm not Marvin Levy anymore, Trevor." And I go, "No, you're not." (laughs) You got the. You got the. You know, you finally got that one. I like that Marvin Levy. That's the old four. I was thinking about that too. So we're, you know, so so we're thinking about our tab right now, Um, and then, you know, I kind of dive. You and I, Ernie, you and I were talking about it. You know, I. I try to catch some summer league basketball. Um, I'll catch day one of the uh, summer breeze over at River Lakes just because I'll have my nephew and niece on vacation. and They're both basketball players at the youth level, so I'll take them in there and watch a little bit of basketball while they're in town. Um, I've watched, you know, passing league. It's going on right now, but it's just it's too hot. I'm not going out tonight. <laughs> it's really uh, hot. Went out the it's last hot. two weeks. Kind of just, you know, it, it, you kind of have to, for me – I like to continually just check in on things so I have as much information and knowledge as possible. Then you know, July 23rd, boom, the, the CIF has moved the academic calendar season up a week this year because they don't want football games back up to Christmas anymore. They don't want you know the, the Southern Section Baseball and State Track pushing into June. It, it affects with seniors' graduations. So they've moved it all up a week, which you know is a bummer for – football players and athletes in regions like here because it is just so hot. When you think about it, football teams, you first practice July 23rd, which means they have their inner squad scrimmage, their scrimmage, and three actual football games in the month of August this year. Hottest month. And we're pushing 100. Like yeah, so, right I mean, we're talking about We're going to have late games. You're asking these kids to do a lot. Yeah. So, I, you know, the coaches are really good about monitoring that. They're the district's really good about monitoring the air quality, air quality, but it changes the whole dynamic because now, you know, the semifinals aren't the Friday after Thanksgiving anymore. The mm-hmm. section finals are the Friday after Thanksgiving now. So getting to a section championship means something, you know, getting to Thanksgiving means so much more now because you're playing for a section title game right. now. Mm-hmm. So now coaches have to kind of, you know, meander through all that because, you know, Thanksgiving's a big holiday. Mm-hmm. And so... You're like, don't eat, don't get fat, don't get lazy. We've got to play for a section title game right. the next night. So, I mean, they've done it in the semifinals. So, you know, that changes everything. And then um, I do the nightly show, which I started. We'll be going into season four. So, this I just completed my fourth year here um, covering high school sports. I came here in July 2014. So, I'm almost a year four here at California. I started B-Varsity nightly um, in my second year here. So, we're going to go into the – fourth year of doing it. Going in my fifth total year, going fourth year nightly. So what I do is I go out, whatever game I'm covering that day, um, I'll shoot video. 
something I, I actually worked in TV at a CBS affiliate in Boise while I was still in college. I learned how to do, you know, I, I, I know the ins and outs enough rudimentary to be able to shoot a game, come back, edit it. And then I put, the, you know, the show together and it's, you know, it's four to five minutes and it's basically just meant to be high, the only high school only nightly highlight show around. You know, the, the TV stations, they still have to do their pro sports. They still have to do Cal State, D.C., whatever it may be. I focus solely on high school sports in Kern County. You know, not only showing the highlights and the recap, you know, what it, whether it's like a cross-country meet or a tennis match or a golf tournament or a volleyball game or whatever it is. And I'm talking fall sports, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'll do a full scoreboard. So whatever the coaches call into our huh, you know, into our office, or I, you know, find them on Twitter or Max Preps. I'll put that on there just so I can be able to, to kind of identify and showcase every school, every team in Kern County as much as possible. So that's part of my job, you know, doing game stories for the Californian um, on a daily basis, doing my preview and predictions every week for football, which is a daunting task that Zach Ewing, the former sports editor, started. And that guy is an incredible, beautiful-minded person, and he can remember everything. For me, I on my screen, I have what I'm writing, and then I have Max Prep or Cal Prep or the paper right next to me because I can't retain things like he does. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's all daunting stuff. And then we do the you know Friday night broadcasts. Uh, we, we still don't have access to do... Uh, games at Kern High school district campuses because they have their own broadcast now and they don't want us doing it. That's fine. That's their decision. It's their product. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we find loopholes. We go to Garces. We go to Wasco. We go to BCHS. Mm-hmm. You know, we go to schools that aren't in their school district. Like, I'm sorry, but when BHS and Liberty played at Garces last year, of course we were going to jump on those yeah, games. Of if ESPN doesn't have the BCHS Oaks Christian game, and Oaks Christian's great quarterback and number one high school recruit of D.N. Thibodeau, yeah, we're going to do that game. Oh, when yeah. St. John Bosco's at Garces in September, yeah, yeah. we're going to be at that game. <laughs> no so, there's all that. And then, I don't know, there's a lot, but I enjoy it. It's not a real job. <laughs> I don't consider anything that you go in with a smile and uh, walk out with a smile every day to be a job. You love this. I do. I, I, I truly do love what I do. You know, and my wife and I, we just bought a house. And, you know, she's the breadwinner. She's got the good paying job. And, you know, and I go, honey, do I need to, you know, pull my weight a little bit more financially? She's like, no. You love what you do. There are so many people that are miserable in their jobs. I don't take what I do for granted. And I just hope that people understand that, you know, if, everybody's going to disagree at one time or another with my coverage. And I get that because everybody's singularly mindsetted on their team, on their kid, oh, yeah. on whatever it is, yeah. their region or whatever it is. And there's always going to be somebody that's going to be upset about something. But go ahead and be upset because that's what you're focused on. Just know that I don't have any preconceived notions about anybody. I don't play favorites. I don't. You know who I play favorites to? The teams that need the stories because they're the best teams in town. Yeah. Sorry. Right. I think it's sorry, not sorry. I think it's a compliment, man. That means they, they do hold your word in high regard when they get pissed off that you're not Yeah. You don't mention them enough. Yeah. I've seen that. I've seen a couple of those. And the thing is, is Yeah. I it's the ones that don't say it to my face that kind of 
bug me. When they say it on Twitter, they say it in email, that's fine. Get your voice out there. Voice your frustration. I will have an open dialogue with you. But also, find me at a game. Track me down. Talk to me about it. Let's have that fun. conversation. I'm, yeah. not, oh, yeah. I'm always out. Yeah. And you always love for the good conversation. I respect yeah. that. Let's, let's go back a little bit. Let's go to the beginning. We wanted to see um, how how did you want to like, what's the start from becoming a uh, where did you start becoming a journalist? When did you know you wanted to become a journalist? I was like seven. <laughs> like seven. Did you, did you write an article when you were seven too, or just straight? Just... No, I just you know Ernie and I were talking about. It. I just I read a lot. I you know I watched a lot of baseball. I watched a lot of Sacramento Kings. Growing up in Sacramento, I watched a lot of Sacramento Kings basketball, and I was always into it. My dad always kind of knew what I was doing. Like I was a kid that would just stare at the back of baseball cards <laughs> and look at guys' stats, like. I know Benito Santiago batted 287 when he was the National League Rookie of the Year for the Padres <laughs> uh, in, in 1987. So, you know, it, I got into it that way. And then in junior high, we had a uh, radio and video broadcasting course at Barrett Junior High. Mr. Dan Fowler, I'll always love that guy, uh, gave me an opportunity. We did a lot of stuff. We did a lot of DJing. And then um, I did an inter in their school district where I went to high school in Sacramento, it was open enrollment. Open enrollment's a great thing, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you allow somebody to pick and choose where they want to go to school, as long as they're in the right district, it's a beautiful thing. Right. So um, I was supposed to go to Del Campo High School with Matt Barnes. Mm-hmm. Matt and I grew up together. We have the same group of friends, just so you guys kind of get a, a vision of where it, where it is in Sacramento. I went to El Camino High School because they had a radio station. Okay. I actually got to – we used to broadcast – all of our basketball games, we do baseball games every now and then. Uh, we did football games, but I was on the football team, so I didn't do the football games. But the basketball, it was great because my freshman, sophomore, junior year, our girls' basketball team went to the state championships in D2 all three years. Mm-hmm. So I went to what is now called Oracle, freshman, sophomore year broadcasting. That team went undefeated 36-0 and my freshman year. Incredible basketball team. They went back the next two years. They lost. So I went Oracle, Oracle, and then the old Arco Arena. Which they don't use anymore. So I got to broadcast those games. Um, so I got a love for it then. Um, my dad passed away in the middle of my junior year, so I left Sacramento because my brothers were not ready to take on the responsibilities of raising a 16 year old black. <laughs> so I moved down to Clovis with my aunt and uncle, my mom's sister. My mom had, had already passed about 10 years before that, so I was basically a 16 year old orphan and I needed some guidance. So I moved into Clovis and there was nothing there for me, and then I went into the Air Force. I tried to get radio broadcasting, but they didn't have a class available for like two years, and I was like, I'm not waiting that long. So I went into a different path, and so I went to the Air Force for six years, totally got out of it. And when I got out, um, my first base was in Idaho, 45 minutes from Boise. Two of my best friends, one of them is still my absolute, one of my dearest friends, who was one of my best men in my wedding. Uh, they were like, move back to Boise. We'll get a house right near campus, and it'll be great. And I was like, cool. So I get there, and I started taking some up-division courses. One of them was a journalism course. And the sports area was like, oh, you want to write? I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to write. She's like, okay, well, we'll get you something. And it happened to me. The, the first semester that I was there, I was at a basketball game. Kobe Carl was a freshman at uh, Boise State. And I sat there. Yeah. 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 And I was watching the game, and I looked over, and I go, oh, hey, that's his dad. <laughs> so, I was te- so I was texting her. She's like, interview him and I was like right, yeah. <laughs> I was like what so I was like I didn't have a recorder on my phone this is back in the flip phone days in 2004 and I was like gosh I 
gosh, that was like 2003. And I was like, George Carl, how are you? My name's Trevor. Uh, you got a second? And jotted some notes down on the program, went back to my house, and, you know, wrote up my first story. And then from there, it was like three months later, I was a sports editor of that paper. I traveled for the football team. Uh, I did that for like two years. And then there's no journalism jobs outside outside of college for me in Boise. So I ended up going into restaurant management, and I did that until like 2010. I was like, I'm done. So I moved back to Sacramento. I got back to some journalism courses there. Um, Joe Davidson, who's been the preps reporter at the Sacramento Bee for years, happened to be, when I was in junior high at Barrett, which I was talking about where uh, I was with you know, Mr. Fowler, he was my junior high flag football coach. Couldn't play tackle football there, so we played flag football. Joe Davidson was my coach then. So I always, he, he remembered me, but he didn't, but, but it was fine. I ran into him, and I was like, hey, man, I want to get, I, I need to get my foot back in the door. Next thing I know, I'm doing high school girls volleyball coverage for the Sacramento Bee, doing the rankings in the weekly paper. Next thing I know, I'm working for six different papers, and I did that for like three years in Sacramento. You know, I got to cover some great things like NorCal and state basketball championships every year for the magazine I was doing for, you know, high-end wrestling, high-end football games. It was great. Um, but Ernie, like I was telling you before the show, is that, you know, as a freelancer, you only get paid for the for the jobs that you do. And it was just, it was a grind, and I was like, I need medical insurance. I need, you know, vacation. I need a little bit more stability. And just broken up with a woman, and I was like, you know what? I don't have anything really tying me to Sacramento anymore. I need to really kind of think about this as a career. And I was getting, I was 35 at the time. I was like, I love what I do, but I need to be a little bit more of an adult. So adult dogs. Easy, easy with scripture. <laughs> yeah, I did. So, you know, and like I told you, Zach Ewing had replaced Tony LaCava as a sports editor. So they left an opening for the preps job. And, you know, that was like June of 2014. I interviewed for the job a couple weeks later, came down here, stayed at the Padre, sweated everything and me out. I'm like, what is this? Why is it so hot, so hot here? <laughs> and then, you know, you know, the, a week later they offered me the job. Two weeks later I got the job. And, you know, seven days later I'm walking into an apartment that I'd never actually seen in person because I had to find it over the phone. I had to have a co-worker and it was up on Q Street. And, my first, the first thing I did the next day is I went to Centennial football practice. I mean, it was that quick. Is that, your first, is that your first article you wrote for the paper? Yeah, it was. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> Who was the stud there at that time? Uh, well, it's a dude that's in jail. Oh. Brandon Robinson. Oh, man. Andrew Hansen, who, you know, is a running for BC uh, quarterback this year. Uh, he was their quarterback at the time. Uh, Malcolm Johnson hurt his ankle, so he wasn't playing football. But that was a good... That was a good football team. It was Kevin Sneed's, I was it his last year there? He just had his cancer scare a couple of years oh, yeah. before Coach he came Steve. back. And so, you know, I, and I think that was Coach, uh, I think that was Kevin Sneed's last year there. But that was the first thing I did. I walked right into Centennial. I was like, okay, 6 a.m., let's get going. And then, because I, mean, I had to know the town. Yeah. So, and it took a while, but, yeah. Was that a hard thing to adjust to or learning the town, learning the athletes, learning, the, I guess, the elite programs and whatnot? Having Zach around and the guy who had been the preps guy for eight years and be able to bend his ear whenever I needed it, uh, that made the job so much easier because I never felt like a fish out of water. Right. Because I was always like, hey, I'm going to go over to Foothill. You know, what do you think about J.O.? And Jason Oliver was still the head coach. He's like, oh, yeah, you're fine. Do this and that. <laughs> oh, you know, what, 
what do you think about Highland and Mike Gutierrez? Okay, fine. What do you think about, you know, Dennis Manuel? I was like, nah, there's, don't even worry about Dennis. He's great. You know, it was, it was easy because I could bend his ear whenever I needed it. So the transition was not that hard. I think the transition basically was, it was always like, hey, I'm Trevor Horn. I'm the new guy. And I was thinking about that today. I was like, I don't need to say that anymore. It's been four years. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you feel like you earned your stripes in the town? I guess you could say with, like, the coaches or, like, did you, did you ever feel that? I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that, like that moment ever, like, passed. Maybe it was the first time Ty Hammett came up to me and argued about something that I put in the paper about my like <laughs> top twenty-five basketball player, or that I didn't put West in the top ten that year, and he got in my face. And I told him what it was. He was okay. I respect that. And and I love Ty. I think he's one of the great guys. And he gets a bad rap, but I maybe it was a point like that where he came up. And somebody would come up and argue me and think that I was going to back down. And I was like, no, I know what I'm talking about. Let's deal with this as, a, you know, as men or as adults or professionals, right. and let's move forward. Do you, get, um, do you get a lot of slack from your articles? Is that something that, or that just comes with the job? It just comes with the job. It'll come and go. Like I said, you know, parents care about little Johnny or Sal, right. and that's all they care about. And so uh, – no, I mean, it just comes with a job. I'm in, I'm, I'm in a position of, you know, where I'm in the notoriety. People read my, you know, what I do on a daily basis. People pick up, read on the phone or in the paper, and they critique it. Yeah. You know, when you guys go to work, nobody's critiquing your stuff. And I'm not saying that's good or bad or makes me better or worse. It's yeah. just, you just have to kind of roll with the punches. Right. Do I get called an idiot every now and then? Yeah. Definitely. Do I get thanked? A lot more than I get called an idiot, so that helps. <laughs> that works. Um, do you ever get like okay? You deal with athletes all the time, and you know you hear about athlete jitters and stuff like that before. Big. Is there a point during the seasons that you get like nervous to write an article or to go view it and see it, or was it more just excitement and like is it that jitterness used to be there, uh-huh. like. When I first started doing stuff for the Sacramento Bee, you know, that was a newspaper that I had read since I was I could read a newspaper. And so, you know, when I first started writing new articles, features on them, I was like, oh, God, is this going to be well-read? Is this going to be, you know, am I going to be accurate on something like that? And just after a while, it's like anything you do as a basketball coach or whatever it is, you know, you just get into a rhythm and you kind of understand it. I think more of it is just like the timing. Like for us, you know, we have a deadline that we have to do. We have to hit every night. And if a game goes late, a game goes late, and you have to kind of like it's just managing your time. Like sometimes you'll see like during August and football season, if a game doesn't kick off until 8-15, guess what? You're not going to get quotes in the paper because we've got to get it in by 10-30. And it's just not going to happen. So I think the jitters come with just making sure that you do everything in time. In time. Yeah. Trev, do you have any info? Do I get the yips? No. <laughs> do you have any influences like in sports journalism? Do you have any any oh, writer like in sports journalism? Like we said, Rick Riley used to write in the back of the sports industry for years. Yeah, and I, it always kind of goes back to Joe Davidson. You know, he was he'd been at the he's been at the B now since the late eighties, and you know he was always he's always been very influential, and he's always he always told me you know humanize the athletes, find a way to show more than just X's and O's. And, you know, and I try to do that as much as possible. Uh, Ted Dawson is a guy that is retired now, lives in Montana, but
but like he used to share a desk. At, I think it was KTLA with Connie Chung back in the seventies. Ted Dawson was big here in LA. He was big in Dallas. And then, you know, as he got older, he went to smaller markets, but he was the guy that let me come into TV at KBOI or KBCI back then. I think it's KBOI in, uh, in Boise now, where uh, it's a CBS affiliate up there. He, you know, he allowed me to do live shoots um, as an intern. He, I covered, uh, remember when the Condors used to be in the ECHL and they would mm-hmm. go for the Kelly Cup? Right. When Idaho Steel had won the Kelly Cup title in 2004, and our weekend guy was on vacation, and Ted didn't want to work late on a Saturday, so I got to cover Kelly Cup Championship, and I got to do the live coverage. And then they let me go and do a morning sh- morning sports anchor position because I was also producing the morning show at that time. And it was like nothing had ever been done like that. So that's where I got the the comfort level of being in front of a camera and you know reading off a script and different doing th- different things like that and editing video. So I credit Ted as much as I credit Joe. Uh, Tim Swanson, who's a news editor now at the Sacramento Bee, he was a guy, you know, seven years ago when, you know, he could have shut the door on me, um, American River College, came back in the journalism program. He got me a foot in the door back into the business. So, you know, it, if I had influences, it'd be those three guys. And I love the way that they conducted themselves because it was always about humanizing individuals. And so those three are probably the three that kind of shaped me moving forward. You are- and then Zach, I guess. And Teddy, too, Zach, sure. What does Zach go, actually? Zach yeah. is the night sports editor at the Advocate in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It's a big so, deal. It was. It was, it was, you know, it's a good move for him. He needed he needed to challenge himself differently. I think he had gotten a little stagnant here. And, you know, and he had always kind of just put his feelers out just to figure out the situation. You know, he and his wife, their families have moved all over. Like, his wife's parents live in London. Mm-hmm. His parents live in Wyoming now. Um, so like they don't have a home base, and, you know, as much as they loved Bakersfield, you know, I, I think it was hard for him to pass up the opportunity to be, you know, a sports editor. Um, and the thing about the advocate there is they're independently owned, much like California is. You hear about all of these big conglomerates, you know, scooping up newspapers. Well, an independent newspaper, we're allowed to do more things. We're allowed to still have 11 o'clock deadlines. And what happened was the newspaper, New Orleans, only prints like three to five days a week. So the Baton Rouge newspaper, remember New Orleans and Baton Rouge about 45 minutes away from each other. So they went and opened up a bureau in New Orleans. So they've got a Pelicans beat writer, they've got a Saints beat writer, they got an LSU guy, you know, they cover everything. So nine o'clock, they've got an addition for the paper that goes out to Lafayette. 10 o'clock, New Orleans gets their own cover. And then Baton Rouge gets the late cover at 11 o'clock. So I mean, there's a lot of moving parts there, and I think that he is really challenged with that. You know, he's not out covering like he did here. He's in the office every night. But, you know, that's where Zach is, and I think he's doing a great job. I know Rob wanted to ask this question. Um, I'm going to ask it for him right now. How do you feel Kern County uh, ranks amongst the other counties in California? Dude, I love Kern County. I think that it gets a bad rap. Because it is still Bakersfield, it is you know the breadbasket. There's a lot you know. There's a lot of oil money. There's a lot of ag money. There's you know whatever it is, and I think that it gets kind of downtrodden. And I've said this before. I don't I don't hide behind this. I think they've built too many smaller high schools, and so the schools don't compete. You look at it. 
you know, we had state championships, 88 Foot Hill won, 94 East won, yeah. because the schools, the, the, the populations were bigger. Now we're, you know, we're, we're building on that. Yeah. We are. We're building smaller, smaller schools, and they don't have the student population to compete against these other ones. And then you look at Clovis and how, you know, Clovis North and Clovis West and Buchanan, whatever, they have like two to three gyms. So the volleyball team and the basketball teams can all practice at the same time whenever they need it. They don't have to wait till 8 o'clock at night. I'll have to share one gym. I think that hinders it. But talent-wise, I, you know, Southern California is always going to be bigger. Orange County is always going to have more kids. There's more money. There's just millions and millions more people. There's not a million people in Kirkland. No. There's millions of people down there. But talent-wise, I mean, it, it, you know, it showcases the Derek Cars, the Cody Kessler, the Tyrone Wallace's. You know, you, you look at Corbin Burns. You look at um, across the board, Erica McCall. I mean, you have so mm-hmm. many. Great professional athletes. Morgan Hill, you know, one of the greatest hurdlers in Central Section history, you know, is, you know, is coming back around at UW as a, a track and field athlete. It's, talent-wise, it's there. I just wish that there were a few more schools that, you know, where they put a little bit more effort into the facilities there to allow those student athletes and those coaches to prosper and improve their craft because, the student, the, the class sizes aren't going to get bigger because you build a bigger high school. You're going to build more classrooms. The same amount of teachers are going to go into those classrooms, whether it be a one, you know, if, say, Independence and Review will want a high school. Right. Say, Frontier and Centennial will want high school. You know, it would it would make such a big difference. And you'd still have the same classroom size at that one school. It's just it's like bigger. It, it would be bigger, and all the facilities are there. And the whole thought process of sharing is not a bad thing. Elk Grove Unified up in the southern Sacramento, they all share three football stadiums between their six high schools. Okay. They're fine. Clovis Unified, they share. Because what they do is they fund all of that money into that one facility instead of getting two adequate facilities. Mm-hmm. So with Kern County, you know, you're, this is where you're at, so you're spot. What is your favorite sport to cover in our county? Track and field. Hands down. Love That's track surprising. field. That's surprising. I know. I thought you were going to say basketball, football, to be honest with you. Hey. Want to elaborate on I that? I love yeah. yeah, it's because there's always something going on. Right. We have great track and field athletes here. We just saw Daniel Paveros win the state title mm-hmm. in the shop. We just saw Leah Wilson do something. No, nobody in Kern County has ever done That's repeat as a medalist in the 100, and then she came back around and medal in the 100 hurdles. And she has her two PRs this year are the fastest combined 100 and 100 hurdle times in state history. Wow. I mean, we have great – Faith Bender is one of the – is the top discus and shot putter for freshman girls in the United States. We have great athletes here. I think about – the thing about track and field is that – there could be a sprint at the hunter going on while somebody's triple jumping over here, somebody's shot putting over there, and somebody's high jumping over there. So there's always action going on, and it's always gripping. And the thing about it is, like, when a race starts, you know when it's going to start, you know when it's going to end. It's everything in between that happens. It's organized. It's, it, it is an organized chaos. And so I think, I think track and field has always been my favorite sport to cover. Um, the wrestling state championships is a beast un unbeknownst to anything else. But I do love, I love Friday night football. I think that yeah, just, everybody does, man. The, the, you know, the, that feeling that everything leads up there. Football is just so, so much more unique than everything else because they, everybody plays on the same night. Right. 
you know, you don't have one league playing on a Wednesday, the other one's playing on a Friday in basketball or baseball or something like that. Everything happens at one end. So there's all the buildup for it. There's all the talk all week, and then it happens. And then you break it all down on Friday and Saturday, and then you wake up Sunday and you take a day off, do it all over again. again. <laughs> do that 15 weeks. And I think that's so much fun. With, within uh, going back to track and field, do you have a, your favorite events? Or what's your favorite event within track and field? Top three, because I, I, I really see it's hard to say that one. The 800 is just a ridiculous race because it's not long distance, not a sprint, but you have to treat it as both. Yeah. And then think about the 800, like 1600, everybody's going at a pace and they're not sprinting. And so everybody's giving themselves a little bit of space when they're all combined. The 400, one lap around, everybody's in their lane. Right. So nobody's hitting each other. Right. The 800, there's a guy who is now at UCLA, his name's Arturo Sotomayor. He was at Roseville High School and I was still covering in Sacramento. And he was a favorite to win the 800 state his senior year. And he, he was in the pack. He was in the top three pack with 300 meters to go, which is about right where we're sitting. So I'm looking at it, and all of a sudden, he just dies off and finishes in like 12. And I went down there. I was like, Arturo, what happened? <laughs> Bam! Elbowed right to the gut. Went knocked out of him. Oh, because it's such a grueling race, and everybody's trying to jockey for position. And he just went... Just got an elbow right to the gut, knocked him, knocked his window. Look at what happened to Moises Medrano in the 1600, where he didn't know that the push was going to come. The Highland Senior is going to count next year. Yeah. And he overextended himself 20 yards before the finish line and started to flail his arms. He fell down, and he was in second place at the time. But he still got up and crossed the finish line in sixth place and still got a state medal. Right. You know, it's – that's a grueling race. So I think the 800, I think just because it's such a daunting race. Um, something about the pole vault. Just somebody going 17, 15, 16. It was a hot kid this year. Go 18 feet, 2 inches in the air. That's incredible. Um, but the 100, I think the 100 is always the one. Just because there's all that buildup. And then yeah. it's just, and like, so this year what happened was I was right there on the track for state. So I was watching Aaliyah Wilson. I was getting video of her as she finished fourth in that race in the state. Um, and the way they do it, anybody that medals, they have to sit and wait and they put them on the podium stand. You can't interview them right there. So I, I knew I had to wait for him. I wanted to watch that boys hunt it, so I stood right there at the finish line. And Casimir Allen for Tulare Union is going to UCLA on football scholarship. This guy just amazes me. He was not the favorite going in. This was a guy named Asani Hampton from down south from Inland Empire who had just ran like a 10-3-4 in the prelims, which is four hundredths of a second off of the meet record. And so everybody was anticipating, is he going to break the meet re- right. the state meet record? And if you watch the video from different angles, he's got like a one to two stride lead on Allen at like the 50. And then, you know, from my eye, from where I was seeing they're just all clumped together. Right. And then where does he get there? Because I'm about five I was about five yards shy of the finish line. And I went, dude, Allen's gonna win this. And he just he just gets a little bit ahead, you know, he gets a good lunge in there, and he just gets him literally by a nose. And Casimir Allen won the state title, and I was like, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I got lost in the moment. I know Kaz, you know, well enough. Um because I went, you know, I went to Boise State, right. and he was originally verbally committed to Boise State. The guy that got the coach that got him, the recruits area that got him to, uh, to commit, 
is a good friend of mine. We have dinner every time, dinner and lunch every time he comes into town. And uh, so I've gotten to know Cass through that. And I just looked at him. You'll see the videos and the, and the footage of it. And I just went up there and I gave him a big old handshake and, you know, <laughs> and had a big old hug. And I was like, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you want me to do. I don't cover him. So I'm not showing any favoritism to him. He's not even going to my college. He actually decommitted from my college. So I probably should be salty on the dude, yeah. but I can't because Cass is such a good dude. So I thought that was a really cool moment. Um, you want a third one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, I think that was three. So the, the 800, the pole Yeah. You want to go Walmart? Mount Rushmore? <laughs> yeah, we'll go Mount Rushmore. <laughs> track and field. Track and field. The 100, I think the, I think the 400 relay, because it's just four fun. fast yeah. kids. And yeah, there, so fun. much happens in that baton handoff. Like, um, Wood Creek out of Roseville won in 2014. And the only reason they, they won is because Edison out of Fresno, who was the favorite, had a lane violation. And they beat them, but they disqualified them. So Wood Creek won that year. And that's the thing. It's like it's four athletes, and they all have to be in, in sync. Speaking of athletes, let's go away from the track and field real fast. Do you mm-hmm. have a – no one can talk about it? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, well, that's <laughs> right. sure. We can talk about the hurdles. I want to talk about the hurdles. Look, that looks rough. Cool. Favorite athlete. Do you have a favorite athlete you covered the last four years? I don't well, at least in big with big strap, you know, so it's No, big, no, no. I, I, I know. I don't want to. Uh, it's hard to not enjoy Morgan Hill when she's around because she was at Liberty. Um, she holds the section record in the 300 hurdles. She had the 100 hurdles record until Leah Wilson broke it last year. Uh, she's at UW. She's going into her junior year, I think, now. Um, but a very well-spoken, very engaging young woman. Just saw her today at the gym. Uh, we both work out at Carly. Shout out, I guess. Shout out. Um, <laughs> saw her today for the first time in a long time. And, you know, it's she was always somebody, even as a high school kid, that just kind of really got it. And I enjoyed being around her. Loved her. Um, loved being around her. I really do. Uh, never saw him play basketball in high school. But I really got to know Braxton Huggins last year, former Miramonte basketball player. Incredible story, you know, both parents stricken blind by gunshots. He's the youngest of nine kids. You know, he was the one that was going to the food banks and picking up food just so everybody could eat at night Damn. when he was a little kid. I mean, just an incredible story. Um, really got to know him last summer. Really appreciate him. I think he's got a, a bright future just because of the person he is. <sighs> Sean Mullen, who just completed his senior year at Stockdale, is going to UCLA next year. When you look at Sean, um, you really – see a dog fight mentality in somebody. Great kid off the field, on the field. Nobody else is going to out-compete him in baseball. Moises Medrano, yes, we just I talked about him. Word, yes. He very understands who he is and what he's doing at all times. And I think he's a very – you see him after every race. He's the first one to go up and congratulate everybody else in the race. He talks well about everybody else. I think he's just an incredible teammate in a sport like cross country and track and field where the, the idea of team kind of gets lost on right. some kids or it's because yeah. they're, they're so, you know, like a shot putter is shot putting. Right. A high jumper is high jumping. They're isolated from everybody else. But I think Moises always did that, and I always appreciated him. I'm going to miss a bunch of kids because, I mean, it's been four years, yeah. hundreds yeah. of athletes. Hundreds of athletes. Um, I don't know. I always liked 
Jordan Roberts. Really did like him. I think he's a really sweet kid. I know he's going to have a great career at Long Beach State. Always got along with him really well. Uh, again, Eric McCall. Never covered her in high school, but I've gotten to know her from her days. You know, at Stanford, now she's playing for the Indiana Fever in the WNBA. She's come into the show a lot. Kern County just has great people, and I think that's the biggest thing. So, uh, if I forgot you, I'm sorry. But... <laughs> yeah, don't give my guy any heat for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, this is my favorite sport, of course, since I coach basketball. Yeah. Who are you looking this – this is a big year this year. Dude, it's an interesting year, especially when you think – I mean, I know you're tired. You know, <laughs> I'm a little biased. You're a little biased, and that's because of foothill, but it, you got to think back to that Colin Slater, R.J. Horn, Darren Pearson's Emmanuel team a few years back with a D14 – Dude, they were the best basketball team in Central Section. They were in D4. I think BCHS and Foothill are two of the best teams in the section. Uh, when you think about everything that BCHS brings back, whether it's Ben Urosik, uh, whether it's Noah Taylor, Seth Marantos, and then they've got Kadar Waller, who's transferred over now. I mean, that's a very good team. They're coached very well by Kyle Shiloh, who I think is a very good defensive-minded basketball coach who gets his team schemed in. And I think that your head coach, Wes Davis, does the same exact thing. When you talk about Squid Turner, who's going into his senior year and is looking to you know, finish out with a bang, you got Jaden Phillips, who you know was the number nine rising senior this year by Cal High, um, already has an offer by Fresno State, you know, even after his freshman year. Isaac Martinez came over from Garces. You've got Cesar Valdez back. And then, yep, and then you've got the two Chicago kids that are coming in. It'll be really interesting to see everything that Foothill is able to put together, everything that BCHS is able to put together. Because, you know, Liberty at graduation, they, they lost Cameron Burris. They lost Javier Gallardo. Kadar Waller transferred to BCHS. I think Liberty's really good. Isaiah Hill, uh, is an incredible basketball player. Um, I think he's he's got about as smooth of a game as I've seen from anybody in the central section since I've been here. Dakota Ochoa shoots the ball really well from outside. I think they're going to be fine. BC, BHS is always fine. Mm-hmm. RJ Banks is a great basketball player. They've got a lot of great pieces in place at BHS. So you got those four basketball teams. What AJ... Sharon is going to do it north. He's got really good basketball players uh-huh. with Shannon Ferguson, with uh, Larry Atkinson. He's got good pieces in place. He's bringing over uh, Tyler Davis, Rue, um, really Shout good coaching to, staff yeah, he's good over there. Staff. So I think that's the D3 team uh, on the rise there. Uh, you know, Ridger's still good. Independence is really good. They've got good pieces. There's going to be some very – Shockingly good basketball this year. I think it's gonna be really interesting, man. I think, well, of course, I'm a biased guy, but Foothill's gonna be a. If you could put it all together, if you guys could literally <laughs> put it all together, it. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go out on a limb that <laughs> early, but I think it's selling against BCHS is on the docket. Like, it is. that's a pretty in- incredible thing that those two teams, you know, where BCHS went to the title game, they lost to the team you guys lost to in the semifinals. It could have happened last year. Probably should have happened last year. Definitely. And then the thing is, is that they're both 
both teams are going to go on to state. Yeah. And I think the way that the state has the new competitive equity state playoff level, if both of you guys stay at the Division Four level, both are heavy favorites to make it to Golden 1 Center in Sacramento. That's the goal, man. I think that's, that's been our goal since we Which had our loss. We have not had anybody go to state basketball since I've been here. Yeah. And I want to go home because I have not witnessed an actual event in the Golden 1 Center because they built it after I moved, and I want to cover something there. Please, somebody <laughs> get to a basketball state championship. I don't care who it is. I don't play favorites. I just want somebody from Kern County to go. So I go there and cover it and finally go, do that. Uh, yeah, and go eat magpie and get music. <laughs> and do you have any, who are you looking forward to covering basketball most? Basketball player-wise, not team-wise. I I'm glad Isaiah Hill hasn't transferred out, and I know that there were talks that that was going to happen. I like that he's sticking it out at Liberty. I really love to watch him play basketball because I just think he's such a smooth basketball player. I want to see Squid take that next level kind of gritty approach to the basketball game mm -hmm. because 80% of the time that he's on the court, there's nobody else that can defend him. Mm -hmm. I think R.J. Banks is a very underrated basketball player uh, at the state level, and I think that he is – an incredible specimen when it comes to being able to do all five facets of playing basketball. He can shoot, he can drive, he can defend, he can pass. I think he's a very good basketball player. Um, I want to see what Ben Yossi can do. Because Kyle Shiloh says, yes, he's a football recruit, mm -hmm. but Shiloh thinks that Ben Yossi can actually play basketball mm -hmm. the next level too. Because he's got such good command of his body underneath. And there's not a lot of guys can bang up against him and stop him from getting the he's six six, six, six. And he's put on a good 10 pounds this, this summer. I mean, he looks good. He was out of passing the lot last week, and there was a pass over the middle. Nobody else is getting it but him because his hands are at seven feet. You know, and nobody else is getting up there. And he, so it's fun to watch. Well, I think it's going to be a great year in basketball, man. That's why I'm biased. That's why I look forward to every year. I learned a lot the last two years. And I think it's going to be a fun time. I don't know about girls basketball this year. Yeah, we have show some love to Do you have any women teams you're looking forward to this year? It's probably there's so much graduation. There's so much graduation on the girls basketball side. Uh, Layla Green over at uh, Garces, very good basketball player. But, you know, you have Taylor Caldwell graduate out from BHS. I think BHS is going to be a good team. Uh, Sean Chi is a great coach. But then, you know, Independence has got a new basketball coach with Val Mancera retiring, and then Grant Bingham is going to go be an assistant in D.C. Uh, Kalasia Dean graduates. She's going off to play college basketball like Taylor Caldwell is. Uh, you've got Gianna Boston and uh, Aaron Pickett both graduating. Pickett's going off to Sonoma State to play basketball. So it's almost like a new like a new field for women's basketball or girls' basketball. Yeah, I mean, it, I hope that somebody, you know, comes around and comes up. I think North has actually got a good basketball team. Leah Johnson's a really good basketball player over at North. So it'd be interesting to see, see what they do. Do you have a, um, since the four, four years you've been here, do you have like a, like an all uh, favorite teams throughout the years that you could put like top five within the years? I don't know if you want to do like, like all basketball. Like all basketball <laughs> cool. or Cool. Or football, I mean, I mean, any that come to mind that you could play some of your top five teams? Yeah, it's a lot of date back. You probably put some bench players on there too if you like. So you want me to do 
you may do a favorite football team mm-hmm. offense. I would say I would say just like uh, of, of the year, like so, 2010 uh, West High basketball varsity team, just just like that, like the team in general. Okay, so cool. I think basketball wise, it was that 26, 2017 Ridgeview team that had Jordan Roberts, had Justin McCall, had Pardeep Don. That was a really good basketball team. And I think they should have been in D1, not D2. They should have – I wish that they had the right competitive equity at the central section level because I think that those – that team was the best team in the section that year, much like Memorial was this year with Jalen Green. They should have been D1 because they don't have the year-to-year competitive equity where they push up the best teams. Uh, Basketball, I think that was. That was an incredible team. Um, Girls basketball, I think – C.J. West's senior year at Garces, you know, she had great, good high school players around her. She was a great high school player. She is a good college player at Cal. And I think that team, because she was able to just kind of will those teams to win, you know, to wins just because she either went to the basket or she grabbed a rebound and found an open, you know, teammate. Mm -hmm. Football-wise... Again, I think I'm going to have to go back to Ridgeview. I mean, I think that that team in 2014, Lawrence's White's junior year. So that was my first year here. Sheldon Crony was the running back. Lawrence was quarterback. Jamar Mori was in that mix. Ricky Leon Lye was on the line. Chase Mears was that linebacker. God, that was, that was a legitimately great football team. And Lawrence, this is why he's going to be a starting quarterback at Iowa State this year is that Zach and I both realized that night, and they're playing at Redlands East Valley in the D2 SoCal Regional game, that he was what every coach was gearing on defensively. They needed to get him there because he was a shutdown corner, and that was a passing offense for Rev. And he was at the goal line. They were only down by three. Late in the third quarter, final play of the third quarter, he tries to do a quarterback sneak in the end zone, gets popped, has a concussion, can't play the rest of the game, and they lost 59-42 in that game. And you think about how important Lawrence was to that team. They should have been playing for a state championship team, if not for the concussion. And that was just its one of those bummer moments where it's like, damn, what if? if? Yeah, yeah, such a great yeah. – uh, Timmy Lalai was on that team. Justin James was on that team. That was another dude that was a great offensive line. And that was those were dudes that I remember watching four years ago. And I went, "Wow, this is a really fun football team." And Sheldon Crony was just like, bad, dude. Oh, <laughs> dude! Man. Nobody else was built like yeah, him at that time. He's man. an old school throwback yep. running back mm-hmm. that you just don't see anymore. He was fun to watch. Definitely. You know what? We're gonna go outside of Kern County real fast. This is high school sports in general, basketball. Yeah. How do you feel about high school players eventually going to probably go back to the league? Raptor senior year. What, what do one and done really do for anybody? They don't. They they take cake schedules in in the fall semester, and then they take a cake schedule in the spring, and then once basketball season's over in March or April, whenever their team is done, dude, they they don't step back. They no, don't step back no, 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 no. They their backpack is gone, and they're they're getting ready to be pros. Mm-hmm. So I mean, what does you know? What does a one and done really kind of do for anybody? You know, just some wets that palate, and then you know, 
You don't get to see him anymore. Marvin Bagley should have been a senior in high school this year at <laughs> Sierra Canyon, but instead he's the ACC Player of the Year at Duke, and now he's what? He's a king. So, <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I don't know what. Maybe those high-end programs like a Duke or Kentucky, Kentucky yeah. you know, they, Kansas, they, they reap the benefits of these. But you look at Arizona, I mean, Arizona's had some great basketball players come through there. They just had the number one overall draft pick. They've had Stanley Johnson. They've had Aaron Gordon in the past come through there. Uh, two guys that I saw both play in high school basketball. I don't know. Let them play. Let them do whatever they want. But if they don't, if they don't sign and they go to college, make them go for three years. Three years? Really three just years? Just like baseball. I or football where you got to be, you know, baseball, you don't sign. Like we had Sean Mullen, Jason Roberson, Easton McMurray, all three high school baseball players in Kern County this year all got drafted late. Uh, a couple of them, I, I, I know how much they turned down. They turned down a lot more money than any three of us will ever see. <laughs> um, because they knew that their slot value was higher. And they turned, they said, don't draft me there because I won't sign. So they got a late draft. But they didn't, and they were like, you know, they didn't sign, so they're going to go off to college. McMurray's already at LSU. You know, Mullen's going to go to UCLA. Roberson's staying here at Cal State. But they've all got to three, play three years of college baseball before they're draftable again. And you know what? All three of those dudes could be first-day draft picks in three years. Who knows? And they turned out a lot of money. <laughs> could you like do a, it? What? Could you do it? Probably if I was as, if I was as informed as their fathers were, and both Easton McMurray's dad and Sean Mullen's dad were both minor league baseball players. And so they know quite well what's going on. And there are good, you know, there are good managers in town that'll give them the right information. They turn down the money for the right reason. Because it's hard to turn down an LSU and a, and a, and a, a UCLA Education. It's right. really hard to try. Powerhouses, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Really powerhouses. When it's not just a powerhouse, that's a great education. Yeah. UCLA. Oh, yeah. People yeah. forget UCLA is not an easy school to graduate from. Their curriculum is tough. It's not an easy school to get in. Yeah. No. <laughs> exactly. Real, you know, another thing, real fast, off the file, the topic. Um, you were telling me earlier, came to this great city of Bakersfield. You met your wife. Yeah, buddy. Congratulations. Better you horn. house, and uh, the, you know you got a horn hive now. Got a horn hive. We're working <laughs> on the dog. We're working on the baby. We'll get there. We just bought the house. You know we're we're happy and comfortable in the Northwest. So, and she's a Centennial grad. I met her here like five months after I got here, and I couldn't be happier. I love her to death. She is my better horn. Now that's a. Uh, that's her best friend coming up with that because they know how much of a Pearl Jam fan I am. It's a better man. They came up with Better Horn. It was a hashtag for a wedding. That's her handle on Twitter, at Better Horn. I see that. I mean, that. How, okay, I mean okay. how much better is that? And she buys into it. You know, she, she enjoys um, the sports culture here in Kern County. Uh, she, she watches sports like I do. It's really enjoyable to have, you know, a life partner, my wife. She, she does, and you know when she gets into it, and, you know when Dom or those guys put horn hive or anything like that, <laughs> you know she gets into it. She laughs about it. She enjoys it. She buys into it. You know it's cool. Great. Yeah, we it's definitely get to put the hashtag on off the flyer. Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, you guys got to remember, we just bought a house. So I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so you, you, you guys are stuck. With good. Me. This is the best decision you ever made, right? Yeah. yeah. Coming yeah. to California. I mean, I, I mean who would it? Who would have thought four years ago when I took a job at Bakersfield and I got buddies in Sacramento, oh, you got a bulletproof vest? And it's like, all right, dude, stop. <laughs> stop it because you yeah. know what? 
Bakersfield's got bad neighborhoods. Sacramento's got Del Paso Heights and Florence. Just mm. stop talking. Everywhere's got good places. <laughs> Everybody's got bad, bad places. Yeah. It's just all relative what you want to do. Bakersfield's got good people. I love how close it is. And I know people are like, oh, you're going to love Bakersfield for Bakersfield. Well, part of the allure of Bakersfield that's really affordable, our house, we could not get it at the price we got it at in any city the size of Bakersfield or bigger in the state of California. Yeah, Hands yeah. down. And I love the fact that Central Coast is two hours away. Yep. Uh, you can drive, you can end this podcast and drive down and go watch a hip-hop show in L.A. Definitely. In two hours, you can get to Vegas in four hours. Definitely. You can get into the Sequoias, get out of the heat really easily. Any direction, we're, we're good. Four hours yeah. from 30 million people in the Bay Area, Sacramento, Las Vegas, L.A., San Diego. Stop. Definitely. Definitely. One more quick question. What would be you considered a dream job? Sure, this is it right here. <laughs> but I guess, I don't know, your childhood dream job. I want to be a novelist. I do. I want to write books. I want to I, I, I I go out and I want to venture. I want to meet interesting characters. I want to tell their sports stories. I want to tell their life stories through sport and how sports has helped them meander through bad situations. Much like that story that I did on Braxton last year. Mm-hmm. It was a great story. For the California. Great story. I want to tell more stories like that. Uh, I, I think at some point, you know, the grind of, you know, working till 11 o'clock at night on Friday night footballs and doing all area every year, as much as I love it, it is a grind. My wife and I are going to have kids, and I'm going to want to be able to be a dad, be at their t-ball games, be at their basketball practices, and be able to watch football at some point. I don't know how long, and I'm not saying I'm quitting the California anytime soon. I'm talking Definitely. You know, eight, ten, right. twelve years down the road. At some point, you know, I'm going to be in my, you know, I'm going to be forty next year. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to look at the next road, and I think being a novelist would be so much fun. Part of that is I have to do it while also managing, you know, my life as the BVRC lead writer. So that I think would be be able to do that. Um, have you? Well, just to touch on that real quick, have you started anything? Have you put anything like pen to paper and like? No, because I'm still trying to get a couple sources to get back to me on even agreeing to do. I have one story in mind that I really want to write. Then I have another one I still need to sit down and talk to the dude and ghost write his story. Um, but I have, I have stories in mind that I want to tell. If I get it off the ground, I don't know. I think every great person will tell you that. And I know we're looking, to, looking forward to that too, man. Yeah. I really enjoy the platform you have. I'm engaged in it. I love everything you do, honestly. Thanks, guys. That's why we yeah. really, we really wanted you have have you on. You're one of the voices in our community, man. It is sports, but it's our sports community. That's what we love. We're right. in it, and we really appreciate having you on, man. No, I appreciate you guys having me. This is a cool platform you guys have too. Um, I think podcasts are a great way for people to kind of get their voices out when they don't actually have like an employer in the industry and it gives you guys an opportunity to tell your stories too and to tell the stories of other people so I appreciate you guys having me on. We enjoy telling your story man. Yeah. Well we want to give him um, the last segment. Yeah so the next segment which you're full of wisdom and we hear about it we just heard about it this whole time it's called Gem Talk uh, pretty much just wanting to get like a, a quote that you may live by or maybe a quote that you can tell our listeners and, and, and children of the community that are listening um, you know, just a brief. It's the, it, it's corny, but it's the golden rule. Do unto others as you'd want done unto you. 
If you respect everybody that's around you and you give them the same respect that you want, and if you're a joking guy, then joke with other people. If you're a serious person, be serious with other people. But understand that how you treat other people is how they perceive you. And we're all human beings. We all make mistakes. We're not perfect. The Lord teaches us that. Whether you're religious or not, you've got to understand that everybody is their each individual. And for me, mental health is a big thing in my mind. And a lot of people forget that there are demons inside of people. And you don't know how somebody is doing each and every day. So if you just say... Tony, how are you? What's going on? Rob, how are you? What's going on? Tell me about your day. Instead of perceiving, oh, you're down. I can't talk to you right now. Or, you know, you lashed out at me. It's more of, why did you lash out at me? Just treat everybody with respect and understand you don't know what's going on with everybody every day. That's awesome. That's a great gem, man. I love that. I know. <laughs> I love that. Hey, that, and that's, that's really everyday life right there. Yeah. yeah definitely. And don't jam me up in public. Let me be. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Please give my guys some slack. Don't no. talk about you eventually. Nah, come, up to, it. come up to me at Lacoste and say hi. <laughs> Shoot, Carlo Balmet did that. He's a, he's a, he's a busboy before he goes into the Army over at Lacoste. And I went up to the bar to get a couple margaritas while we were waiting for a table. And he goes, Trevor. And I was like, I didn't recognize you because the dude lost like 50 pounds since playing days. <laughs> and that's the other thing that I love about Kern County is that more often than not, when I am out in public just running errands, grocery shopping, whatever it is, I run into people and I love being able to just stop and interact with individuals. So see me on the street, say hi. Please. And give me money. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is episode 11. Oh, bye. Man, we got one. What number 11? What do you think of number 11? What sports jersey? Who's the number? What's the famous number 11? Who is a famous number 11? I swear, is Carl Malone not 11 on the Lakers? God, who's yeah, 11? So. We, this is like, that's another thing we always do. What's the, what number do we? Oh, he's 32. Was he? Yeah, but that was with, with, with the, the Jazz. Jazz. Well, I think he was No, 12. he was number 11 oh, was with he? the Lakers. That's okay, the, okay we'll I, take it. We'll take that. We'll call it the Malone episode. We, will we have the Horn Hive? Is Ernie C that you said? <laughs> Man, we're crazy out here. Ernie C, the Gap Tube genius. And Rob here. That concludes our episode 11 with Trev Horn. Again, yeah. appreciate Drew you. Drew Bledsoe was an 11. Oh. So. Oh, man. Shout out to yeah. Drew. He was a great forward player. We give him a lot of stuff for, you know, Brady taking his job, but he was in his 13th year at that time. Was Barry Larkin on number 11? He sure was. Barry Larkin. Oh, man, Cincinnati Reds. Edgar Martinez wore 11. Okay. Hall okay. of Famer in hey, my mind. There you go. Bill Sims wore 11. Well, your episode is affiliated with some great athletes, and you're a great reporter. We appreciate, appreciate having you. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. That is Off the Fly, episode 11. Off the Fly. Later.